Good day to you fine people of God. I'm Pastor Cole McClendon coming to you from Central Assembly of God, Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. I trust that you will find great value in listening to this message today. My hope is that you're encouraged and strengthened by the word given and that you will return to this site frequently to listen in. Be blessed. King David, King David gives this gift. He gives a gift. And when he gives a gift, it's an extravagant gift. And it's literally just slipping my mind exactly where the story is. And when he gives this extravagant gift, this is what he says. And I'm proving to you where a gift, when you give, it means you love. Because the scripture says, it is for my, he says this, why did I give? It is for my affection for the house of God. It is because of my love for God's house that I give this gift. And I just wanted to read it to you exactly how it said it because I'm proving to you that when you give, it means you love. Okay, where, where's it at? Bring, will you bring it to me? Oh, you're good. This is important. That, that works. Here's, here it is right here. He says this. He says, besides, in my devotion to the temple of my God, I now give my personal treasures of gold and silver for the temple of my God over and above everything I have provided for this holy temple. It is because of my devotion. Moreover, another translation, because of my delight in the house of God. Huh. Because God is so good to me that I love him so much that I couldn't do anything else but give my personal treasure to God. Because he's taken care. Because he gave me breath in my lungs. Because I am here today. Because of that, God, there is no other way than I can do this. But by giving you my personal treasures. You know what he was being like? His God. John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave. Let me help you. Let me help you real quick, okay? Because I love you, Holy Spirit fingers. If you do not give, you do not love. If I love, I give. If I say that I love and I do not give, it is lip service. It is not true. It's not true. This is not my opinion. It's the Bible. Give how? Okay, you ready? You give of your money, your resource, because you love. You give of your time because you love. Are you hearing me? You give of yourself selflessly because you love. You give a listening ear. You give words of wisdom because you love. When I love, 
I give. Look at your neighbor, look at your neighbor, and tell somebody that you really do care about. Just tell them. Say, I love you. Tell them before you're seated. And if you're already seated, it's okay. Just say, I love you. Just tell them, I love you. I love you. I love you. Okay, okay. If you heard them, what they were really saying is, I'm paying for your lunch today, okay? I love you. <laughs> ah. Some of you are already so mad, Pastor. Why do you have that guy up there? I ain't buying nobody's lunch. He tricked me. He tricked me. Can I, can I, get, a, can I get a time, Pastor? I just want to be, can I just get a time? Uh, what, what, what would be right? Okay, all right, here we go. If you didn't hear him, Pastor said four, so I uh, just want to. <laughs> Are you ready today? Are you ready today? Are you ready today? I have to do this. I have to be sensitive. I have to do this. All weekend, the Lord has been talking to me about you. All weekend. And um, I, I don't feel left out because this message is for you too. But I'm telling you, man, what's coming today, and I think you already sense it, it's for you. Lord, the Lord is going to ask you to go to a place in your generosity today that you've never gone before. But in you doing that, God has such a supernatural plan on the other side that what he's going to ask you to do is going to scare you. And I think there's some thoughts that are already really, God is asking you to do it. Because it's so much bigger on the other side. And what he's saying is this, and Pastor nailed it, is if you will give me what's yours, which he had already given it to you, so it's really his. But if you'll give me what's yours in your possession, I'll give you what's mine. And what God has is so much greater than what you already possess. And he's been talking to me all weekend about you, man. All weekend he's been talking to me. Well, if you, if you have no idea who I am, <laughs> hi, nice to meet you. My name is Jamie. I'm from, originally from Orlando, Florida. I live in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Um, and if you've never been to Philly, don't bother going. There's nothing there. Um, and so... <laughs> Uh, I mean, coming from the south with sweet tea and barbecue and the sun and the warmth and all the things and ending up in Philly where there's nothing but concrete and angry people, I don't know what God was thinking. <laughs> but <laughs> he's teaching me a thing or two. If you're from Philly, get over it, okay? And so <laughs> you know it's true. You know it's true, okay? And, uh, and God moved me from the beach uh, in Ormond Beach, Daytona Beach, Florida. We were living on the ocean. Life was good. Uh, my, my wife, she was so happy. And then the Lord said, I want you to move right outside of the largest open-air drug market in the Northeast. And I said, God, you should pray about that. <laughs> And, uh, and, uh, and so we went, and this is my beautiful wife, Amber. I don't know what I would do without her. She's amazing, amazing, amazing. Uh, um, man, there's so many things I want to say about her. The only thing that I could say that really matters is I text her in the first service, and I said, babe, I can't wait to get home, kissy face. <sighs> because I'm happily married, okay? Some of you are just married. I'm happily married. All the women are clapping, <laughs> and all the men are like, come on, dude, don't do that to me. <laughs> how, many of, how many men in this room would go, Jamie, I'm happily married? Say it loud and proud, loud and proud. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. See, my sister raised her hand for her husband. She's like, you better live both, and I'm going to live some too. Because you look at my guy in the back there. He is happily married. You know, the Bible says when a man finds a wife, he finds a good thing. Okay? Okay? Let me help you out for a second. The man is the head of the house, right? We're the head of the house. Amen. The Bible calls the woman the crown. Where does the crown go? All right, all right, that's for another day. That's for another day, okay? Okay. <laughs> See, she makes us look good. I mean, my wife, she makes me look good, okay? I mean, just happily married. And when we started dating, I shared this in the first service. I got to just let you know because it's worth it. In the first service, when I met her, I go, she's the one. So I decided I was going to save up all of my money, and I was going to take her to the nicest restaurant in Orlando, okay? Because, you know, you, you understand that, like, you, 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 you got to invest in a relationship. You got to give a gift, okay? I said, I'm going to take you to the nicest spot. And so I called her, or I actually texted her, and I said, hey, I want to take, take you to dinner. And she replies to me, me. This is before we ever went out, before our first date. And she goes, I'm fasting. Mm-hmm. Then, and then, and then I said, okay, uh, good. I said, if you can't eat, I'll take you for coffee. She literally replies and said, sorry, I'm going to a prayer meeting. I said, girl, you better stop blaming Jesus for not going out with me, okay? Because I am coming after you just like Jesus went after the one sheep, okay? You're my one sheep and I'm coming after you. And, uh, and so finally I convinced her to go to the restaurant with me. And we went there. We sat down first date. I go, she is, uh, she's just going to order a salad and a water, right? Hello, first date. Now she was raised right. She ordered filet mignon and swordfish. I'm not kidding you. We just went back to that restaurant for our seven-year anniversary, and I've been saving for seven years, okay? <laughs> I knew what that girl was going to order. I kid you not. I wish my wife was here. The server goes, what do you want? I said, I'll take a kid's cheeseburger. <laughs> and can I get a diet water, no ice? Can you discount the bill for that, man? Whatever you got to do. And so, and so uh, the bill comes, I open it up, and I look directly at her, and I said, Amber, and she goes, yes. I said, you're going to have to excuse me. I got to go to the bathroom. <laughs> and I got to the bathroom, and I did what you did today. I started texting my friends, can you cash at me? Can you Venmo me? Can you Zelle pay me? Bro, I know you live down the street. Can you bring me $20? I need help. Have you ever gotten spiritual with the ATM before? You know that the ATM only spits out $20 bills and you got $7.22 in the name of Jesus. You need the B3 organ in the back. Ah, give me $20, Lord. I was speaking in tongues. I was jumping around. I got back. I took the bill. I'm, I'm not going to. The guy comes over and I said, okay, I need to do 20 in cash. I need to do 10 on this card. By the way, you take Applebee's gift cards because if you do, I got a couple of those. Whatever, Chick-fil-A, I'll trade you. And, I, and we, <laughs> we got the bill paid and we ran out. And uh, that night, man, I, I, I came to the realization, you know, the Lord gives you wisdom. So I was born at night, but not last night. I determined we were getting married. I went and bought a ring within 30 days. We were engaged within five months. We were married 14 months later, and we've been happily married ever since. And there is the part of the thing that I told my wife when we got married. If you ever leave me, I'm packing my bags and going with you, okay? So <laughs> you leave, where are we going? Because I'm going too. 
We got 14 months later, we got 14 months, we're on our honeymoon, my wife looks at me, and, uh, and, uh, and so we went on a cruise, and she said, she goes, I want to swim with the dolphins, I want to swim with the dolphins, and I was like, that's awesome, jump in the ocean, and, uh, <laughs> and she said, no, 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 I really, <laughs> pastor, I don't even know why she's with me anymore, Please be home when I come home. <laughs> and so, and so I said, you can jump in the ocean. And she goes, she goes, no, 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 no. They got a special thing where you can swim with the dolphins and they're trained. I said, I said, that's fine. I said, the cruise, it's all inclusive. So I thought. <laughs> she said, it's not all inclusive. She goes, it's called an excursion. I said, girl, you can excursion all you want. I mean, go right ahead. Have fun. She goes, no, no, no. It costs extra money. And I looked at her and I said, babe, I said, we don't got the money to do that. And she's quick. She immediately said, she goes, then where's the money? Bam is right, my friend. You ever had your wife say that to you? Where's the money? Some of our men are like, stop talking. <laughs> Where's the money? And uh, if she's quick, I'm, I'm quicker, okay? I looked back at her. I said, I said, listen, sister, okay? I'm happily married, but you could either swim with the fish or eat the fish. And if you have forgotten, you ate filet mignon and swordfish a year ago, so you chose to eat the fish. We ain't swimming with the fish. Oh, she's the same way. Okay, 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 okay. She laughs because it's true. And, uh, and uh, she, she <laughs> I thought I was quicker, but she, she was way quicker than me. And she looks dead in my eyes. And we're in a, this little cabin in our, in our cruise. And she looks right at me and she says these words, and I'll never forget them. She goes, I was expecting more. Hmm. I was expecting more. There are not... There are not, there's not probably a single phrase that you could hear from someone you love so deeply that would hurt more, and if you understood it, would hurt more than I was expecting more. And some of you in this room, you have said those exact words this week, that you said, I was expecting more out of this life. I'm tired of being tired. I'm sick and tired of being tired. Are, are, are we real in this room? We real? You said this phrase, I'm tired of being broke. I'm tired of being poor. I don't, I don't, I do not want to live like this anymore. I'm done. Well, friend, I've got good news. <laughs> I've got hope for you today. That Jesus has a plan to get you out of poverty, to get you out of being broke, and into abundance. The word says that he will meet all of our needs according to his riches and glory. Today I will not tell you that if you're generous you will get a Mercedes Benz. That's not what I'm telling you. I'm not telling you that if you're generous you will get a 10,000 square foot mansion. The man that is preaching today... Grew up in a family of extreme poverty where my parents are on welfare, where both of my parents are disabled, where there was never enough money at the end of the month, where it was absolute chaos financially. And those finances, we said we're honest, they affected everything else. You know it's true. It affected everything. 
every argument in my household, the root of it was money. It always came back to money. And you know what I did? I followed suit. And I, 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 as I got older, I got a lot of credit cards, 11 of them to be exact, and I maxed them all out. I was so good at spending money that I didn't have. I was so good that I had one card that I would take and I realized that if I paid it right below the maxed out at a dollar, it would accept it at the gas station. So I called it my gas card. Some of you know what I mean. You've done that exact thing. And just living so, and I get married, and I can't even afford. Uh, I told the men earlier this uh, earlier this weekend, I couldn't afford to buy my wife a cheeseburger at McDonald's when we first got married. So broke, and I lived this way. And then I went and took personal loans from family members. Oh, I'll pay you back. Oh, I'll pay you back. I promise I'll pay you back. Let me help you if you lend money to anyone, if family, friends, whatever. Let me let me just help you today. You're never getting the money back. Give it as a gift. Because the only way you ever get it back is if God deals with their heart like God dealt with mine. Other than that, do not lend money. Give money. Because you're not going to see it back. I had family members who I owed personal loans to. I owed, listen, hear me. I owed money to my grandma. Who borrows money from their grandma? That's sad that I had to go to grandma. It was so bad that I went, hear me, I went to my in-laws and borrowed money. No. <laughs> Double no. <laughs> that was for them, so stop thinking about it. <laughs> it was so bad that we were north of $100,000 in debt in May of 2018. That's 21 months ago. You know what you were doing in May of 2018. I woke up that, that broke. And all the while, I've served the Lord. I've been in church my entire life. I've sat in those seats my entire life. I've heard the gospel my entire life. And yet I was in disarray financially. And I realized it was affecting my whole life. The thing that hit me the most was this, and this is going to connect with every person under the sound of my voice, is because my, because my money wasn't right, I was unable to fully fulfill the call that God had on my life. Instead of being able to go on the missions trips that God called me to, I had to make money to pay my debt. Instead of taking opportunities to go to places that could not afford to have my ministry, I would have to go and book 12 other things around it, and then my family would suffer. Hear me. I was put in a position where I would leave my house. One summer, it was so bad, so bad, that I was gone 71 out of 76 days. Not because it, I thought it was spiritual at the moment. It wasn't. It was because I was a slave, and I had to. I didn't have a choice. There's people in this room, you are missing the abundance that God has called you to in doing his work because your money is so bad. All you can do is work to pay debt and then go back into debt and work to pay that debt and then go into debt and work to pay that debt and then go into debt and work to pay that debt. And I'm telling you that today is the day that God has brought you in this room under the sound of my voice and it's his words and it's this, stop it. No more. You're done doing that. You're done. 
You're done living in lack. You are going to live in abundance because God has set up a plan for you to live abundantly. For every need to be met according to his riches and glory. So today, for the next few moments, good. For the next few moments, I want to let you in on a conversation. You're a fly on the wall. Hear me, a fly on the wall. A conversation that I'm titling, What I'm Teaching My Son About Money. And here he is. Let's see a picture of my son. He's 11 months. Ah. Where's the other one? Rawr. <laughs> Today you get the opportunity to hear me talk to my 11-month-old named Jet. If by any time in this conversation in the next few minutes you get offended, friend, you're offended at a conversation to an 11-month-old. <laughs> That's crazy, right? Don't get offended. He's 11 months. But you know what? He loves his daddy, and his daddy wants him to prosper. And I'm going to tell you this. I'm declaring this. And I didn't say this in the first verse. I'm declaring this. And some men in this room, you need to declare this. My son will never go through what I went through. My son will not know what it's like to live in poverty. My son will not know what it's like to continually make horrible financial decisions and put my family in a bad spot. My son will not know that. Because I'm going to do what God's word says, and I'm practicing it now. And some men and some women in this room, you need to make a decision that no longer am I going to suffer by my own decisions. As our pastor so beautifully said, Pastor Amy, we are refusing to make the decision to do what God has told us to do. And today that changes. We are drawing a line in the sand, and we're saying, no more. No more. No more. I will prosper. Because you know how you become the most impactful church in the Lehigh Valley? And, and this is what that means. In case you didn't realize. That an impactful church just means a building full of impactful people. Because you are the church. The building is not impactful. You're impactful. And if you're going to be impactful, that means you're going to share your faith. You're going to lay hands on the sick and they're going to be healed. You're going to give generously and you're going to reap abundantly. You are going to live in right relationship. You're going to have more joy, more peace, more prosperity. You're going to have more of all of the good things that God has given you than you've ever had before. Not because he's sitting there and not releasing it because he doesn't love you. He's waiting on you to be faithful and he can trust you. And when he sees he can trust you, he can pour it out. Here we go. Proverbs 22, 4 through 9. The Bible says this. I love you, buddy. I'll see you in a few hours. Okay, here we go. Proverbs 22, 4 through 9. The reward of humility and the fear of the Lord are riches, honor, and life. That's fun, guys. That's fun. Humility is the fear of the Lord. Its wages are riches, honor, and life. That when you fear the Lord and you love the Lord, the reward of that for you are riches. It doesn't say poverty. <laughs> Honor. It doesn't say disrespect. And life. It doesn't say death. I'm helping you get renewed in your mind according to what the scripture says. Okay? Thorns and snares are in the way of the perverse. He who guards himself will be far from them. Train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. The rich rules over the poor, and the borrower becomes the lender's slave. Hmm. Some of you in this room, you, you, you're realizing, man, I feel like a slave. It's hitting you. 
Slave, just like I was. Slave to Chase Bank. Slave to Citibank. Slave to Wells Fargo Bank. Slave to Credit One Bank. Slave to, and I could go on and on and on and on and on and on. We'd be here till next week. Slave, Navian, Nelnet, Fedloan. Over and over again. Slave. <laughs> he who sows iniquity will reap vanity, and the rod of his fury will perish. He who is generous, somebody say generous. Yes, will be blessed, for he gives some of his food to the poor. Jet, I, I want to teach you today on what to do with your money. And the reason I want to teach you that is because the Bible calls me to do that. We've heard many messages in our lifetime about train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart. We've all heard the scripture, and when we hear it taught, we hear it taught of love the Lord your God. We've heard it taught, do not forsake the fellowship of the believers. We've heard it taught uh, uh, to pray, to fast, to worship, to all the things. And listen to me, all of those things are correct. None of them are wrong. But this scripture, the Lord spoke to me. And he said, read one verse more. And it says, the rituals over the poor and the borrower becomes the lender's slave. He said, what I'm teaching in this scripture is that you should teach your children about personal finance. You understand the play on words, what I'm teaching my son about money? I'm teaching my son, but God had to teach his son. What I'm teaching my son about money. And today, I, I want to tell you that when you get your finance right, there is a lot of other things that will begin to get in order if your heart's in the right place. Because if you have a wrong heart, it's still going to be chaos. So Jet, this is what I'm teaching you. God is your source. God is your source. God is your source. It comes from him. It all comes from him. He is the creator of all things. Listen to me, son. Jet, your job is not your source. Your boss is not your source. Your business is not your source. I said this in the first service. I feel like saying it again. Lawyers, doctors, physicians in this room, your practice is not your source. The only reason you have clients in a business and breath in your lungs is because God allowed you to. That's it. But <laughs> some of us aren't fully bought into that. So when we lose our job, we lose our mind. Because how am I ever going to, how am I ever going to survive if I don't have this? Because God is your source and if you are faithful, he will always provide. Let, let me break it down, let me break it down to my family. Okay, you ready? My family. Because I'm going to speak to some of you in this room. Some of you, your welfare check gets cut off and you lose your mind. Because you've come to believe that the government is your source. I'm just, I'm talking to you like my family now, baby. Don't get mad at me. I don't got a million dollars in the bank account. I don't drive a Ferrari. Live in a 1,200 square foot house that's a row home in the city on a one-way street. Okay? Right next to the largest open-air drug market in the Northeast. Some of you I'm speaking your language. You have bought into the lie that the government is your source. And when they, when they cut you off, because they don't care about you. When they cut you off, you lose your mind because you've forgotten the fact that God is your source. And the Bible tells me in Deuteronomy 8.18, but remember the Lord your God who has given you the ability to produce wealth. 
I don't care if it's Reagan, if it's Clinton, if it's Bush, if it's Obama, if it's Trump, if it's Bloomberg, if it's anybody. I don't care. They will not produce wealth for you. But God will produce wealth. Argue it until you're blue in the face, but realize you've been through left wing, right wing, you've been through red, you've been through blue, and nothing has changed. Nothing. Your situation hasn't changed because they are not your source. And some of you are fighting for particular sides of an aisle that don't even matter because you think they're going to provide for you, and they're not. I'm just teaching the truth today, baby, because I want you to be set free. It's God is your source, and he has created you to produce wealth. Stop relying on someone else to produce it for you. We, at our church, at our church, you know what we say? We have this phrase. We're, we are responsible owners. We're responsible owners. Meaning, I submit to God, and then I am responsible for my life and my church and my community. I don't sit in the background and wait on somebody else. You understand that stating that phrase in one of the poorest cities in the country is offensive to a lot of people. But the gospel is offensive because it gets you out of where you are, out of your place of comfortability, and Jesus transforms you. And he says, stop thinking like that. Stop thinking like that. I'm just preaching to my family, baby. I've walked through this, and I'm still walking through it today. My wife asked me not too long ago, because we were struggling bad. This is before we started this generosity journey. She says, why? She, and this, is, this really sparked it, man. The debt was crazy. This sparked it. She goes, babe, it's bad. We can barely afford to get groceries. You want to go get food stamps? And I'm telling you something. I lived on food stamps growing up, and I said, come hell or high water. I'll do whatever it takes to get out of this. Because I'm not... There is a time and a place, and I'm not against food stamps, because the only reason I ate a lot of the time was because of them, and I'm thankful. Do not get me wrong. But food stamps was not meant for you to live on for the rest of your life. It was meant for you to go from one season to the next. You understand, hear me, that poverty is from hell. Poverty, poor, is a spirit. Broke is a season. And I decided I was moving from poverty, and then I moved into being broke, and I'm on my way to abundance and wealth, not just for my family, not just for my son, but for you and your neighbor and everybody else around the world. I've got a vision that's bigger than today. It's bigger than the here and the now. This thing isn't for me, baby. It's for you. And in case you realized it, the wealth that God has in store is not for you. It's for somebody else. Generosity will change the world. Don't you dare say that you can't. That is incorrect. In the Old Testament, in the Old Testament, they went and collected materials. They went and collected uh, materials to build the house of God. And when they went, God listed all of these things. He spoke and he said this. He said, uh, collect silver, collect gold. And he goes through all of these things, okay? You can read it for yourself. Google it. He lists all of these things. And the last thing he mentions is goat hair to build the house of God. You want to know why he mentioned goat hair? Because no matter how poor you were, you still had goat hair. It was worthless. But God said, you can bring 
what's worthless to others and give it as an offering and a sacrifice to me and I will accept it because it's not about the amount you give, it's about the sacrifice and the heart from which you give. So nobody in this room under the sound of my voice is excluded in generosity. You ready? I'll prove it to you. Why you're not excluded from generosity, okay? You're not excluded because you're putting your resources somewhere. I said in the first service, God said, print out your bank statement and I'll tell you where your treasure is, where your heart is, where your money is going. And I printed it out and I realized something, that there was 27 transactions to some woman named Wendy. 13 to the king of burgers. I was like, I've never met this king. Who is this king? (laughs) You ready? Because I love you. I love you. Love is in the room, okay? Hear me. Because I love, it's because I love you. It's because I love you. If you cannot afford to give, you cannot afford to go to McDonald's. You realize how insane we are? Oh, I can't, if I could, I would. And then we drive out of the parking lot and we go to Taco Bell. Oh, so what you're telling me is you can afford to satisfy your own desires, but you can't afford to put God first. God dealt with me. He said, you care more about yourself than you care about me, and you don't even realize, you don't even realize what I'm going to do for you. The rich young ruler, the rich young ruler comes to Jesus, and he says, Master, Master, what must I do to be saved? What must I do to be saved? That's what he says to Jesus. What must I do to be saved? And Jesus replies to him, and he says, go sell all of your possessions and give it to the poor and come follow me. And in one translation, it says that he got sad. Another translation says he got mad and he walked away. And we use this scripture in church to talk about how money is evil. The Bible doesn't say money is evil. It says the love of money is the root of all evil. Ecclesiastes says money solves all things, so it's definitely not evil. Ah, let me help you out. The Bible talks about money more than it talks about any other subject. So if you're mad about a money talk in church, you should be mad that CNBC talks about money 24-7, 365. But I don't see a single person complaining about the stock channel. I don't see a single person complaining about the network marketing event that you went to the other day and they told you you could get rich. I'm just helping you today. The Bible talks more about money than it talks about anything else. And so we use that scripture and we say, money is evil. That's why Jesus said, get rid of your money. Go, no, 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 no. Matthew 6, 21, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. What Jesus was saying was, I want your heart. And your heart is connected to your wallet. Your heart is where your treasure is, and your treasure is in all of these things. Check this out. What this man failed to realize is that the wealth that he had was incomparable to the abundance that Christ had. And Jesus was saying, if you give up all of this, you come follow me, and I'll give you everything that I have. And my kingdom is endless. It's got streets of gold. It's got mansions. It's got everything you need on the other side of eternity. And by the way, you don't have to wait to get there for me to meet your needs here. 
Jet, your heart will be with God. Because I'm telling you, I messed this thing up and my heart was so far from God that I lived in extreme discomfort because of bad decisions I made. Son, you're going to put God first. Eight out of ten Americans, that means eight out of ten of you in this room, 80%, you're in debt. I'll wave because I'm still in it. I'm getting out though. I'm working hard, baby. I'm doing everything I can. I just made a decision that I'm punching debt in the face. You won't have my house. Nope, no more. Done. I'm coming after you. I, I'm making it a commitment. So I raise my hand for you, for some of you. You know, others of you, 78% of people, almost 8 out of 10 are living paycheck to paycheck. Meaning that if you missed one paycheck, you would be in financial disarray. One. 70% of people could not cover a $1,000 emergency with cash. Think about this. That in your average working lifetime, you will work uh, 90,000 hours. The average person will work 90,000 hours. Oh. Some of you north of 100,000. If you worked at McDonald's, which is not, I'm not saying that's a bad thing, okay? If you worked at McDonald's for your entire career, you would make north of a million dollars. So if you've been working for the last 10 years, the last 20 years, the last 30 years, hear me, why do we have nothing to show for it? Why are we still living paycheck to paycheck? I'll tell you why. I'll, give, I'll tell you why. Right now. The reason is, is because our heart and our treasure are in the wrong place. They are. You know, the cancer of the middle class are car payments. You would rather try to look cool to somebody who actually doesn't even care about you than you would have wealth and abundance. Oh, now I'm telling the truth, aren't I? We buy stuff we can't afford to impress people that don't care. Oh, yeah, they do. No, they don't. How do I know that they don't? Because you don't care when they get a new car. You act happy for 2.7 seconds and you go home and you're like, yeah, who cares? Mm. You go and you buy the brand new J's that come out to impress your friends that don't even care and you stay broke. Bro, let me help you. J's aren't that cool. Like they're nice if you got wealth and you can afford them, but they're not nice when you live broke and you live strapped because all you care about is a pair of sneakers. The biggest mistake I ever made in my entire life financially with shoes was buying these babies right here. Because I thought I was cool four years ago, so I went and bought a pair of Hugo Boss. And I was like, you know what, these are nice Hugo Bosses. They're hundreds of dollars. And guess what? Within the first three weeks, they got all scraped up and they got all nasty and I couldn't fix them. But I couldn't afford to go buy another pair of shoes. And what I realized is my family was strapped when I could have gone and bought a $30 pair of dress shoes. So you know what? Now I wear these babies loud and proud until the souls rip out of them because I'm not putting my family in a bad position over a dumb pair of shoes. Now when we create the wealth that we're going to create, Pastor, I'm going to go buy another pair of Hugo Boss. You want to know why? Because these are the most comfortable things I've ever worn in my entire life, still four years later. I mean, these things are super troopers, okay? I mean, they last forever. But we have to think before we spend. Think before you spend. Okay, Dad. Okay, Dad, if I'm going to get this right, how do I get this right? Well, you make a plan. You make a plan, son. Well, what's God's plan for my life according, uh, for money, my life 
uh, for money in my life. What's God's plan? His plan for you is to make a plan. Many of you have never made a budget. You don't even plan your money. You have spent it before it ever came in. You've spent it before it ever came in. How do I know? Because you have your bills on autopilot that when you get paid, it goes right out. It's done. It has to get paid. It has to get paid. Don't you want to, don't you want to live a life? I, I'm, man, I'm just speaking. I don't know. There's some people in this room that, and I didn't do this in the first service. You need this. Don't you want to be able to go to the grocery store more than the first part of the month when they deposit that money from the government? The first day of the month in Philadelphia, I, don't, I refuse to go to the grocery store. Not because I don't like the people there, because there's so many people you can't move. You know what I go? The third or fourth day of the month, and there ain't nobody there. But, but because I've gotten my money in order and we have a budget, we can go the first day, the second day, the third day, the fourth day, the fifth day. We go to the 12th day, the 15th day, the 22nd day. We can go the 29th day. We just pick the day. Now, we ain't going all of those days. Get it right, okay? <laughs> we go once or twice. But we pick the day. And when we go, when we go, we use cash that we have worked hard to get. And we plan for it. Some of you in this room are getting set free in this moment because you know I'm telling the truth. And others of you, it's hitting you and you want to be offended. Stop. This is not offensive. This is how I lived. And now that I'm on the other side of it, that I've given God my heart, he had a plan. What's God's plan? Proverbs 16.3 says, commit to the Lord whatever you do and he will establish your plans. When you make a plan and you establish to God, God is the one that multiplies it. He's the one that makes it happen. Luke 14, 28, suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? You have to make a plan. And my plan is to crash land this service in just a moment. Not the plane I'm going to be on next week, but this service. Get ready. I have a plan. And to help me with that plan, can I get somebody to come play guitar or play keys? Dad, where does my budget start? Where does my budget start? Here it is, friends. Here it is. Son, your budget starts with giving. Oh, dad, I know that dad. <laughs> you know, because my son's smart, so he reads his Bible, <laughs> even at 11 months. Come on, Jesus, help him. He, he's smart. <laughs> dad, I've read that scripture in Malachi 3.10. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room to store it. Dad, I already get that. Why did you tell me to tithe? Son, you didn't listen to me. Daddy didn't tell you to tithe. Some of you go, you don't believe in tithe? Oh, yeah, I believe in tithe. I've been a tither my whole life. Get ready. Dad, you want me to tithe? No, 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 son. I said give. Why, Dad? Why wouldn't I put tithing on my budget? That's a great question, son. You're smart. Here's why. Because tithing is like brushing your teeth. You don't have to plan for it. When that money hits your bank account, sir, the first 10% is not yours. And if you keep it, ma'am, you're a thief. That's what the Bible says. It's just the word, not my opinion. That you are robbing God. It's not yours. And this is why your money never works out. Because your money is cursed. You can't have a blessed budget and a blessed financial life if you're working with cursed money. That, that, that money is cursed. It only becomes blessed when you release the first 10%. 
So son, you will release the first 10% always and forever. You will never do less than that. You will release it. You release it. But son, when you do your budget, the first thing you put on your budget is generosity. It's giving. Why? Because the Bible says where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And son, you need to put your treasure with Jesus. There's no better place. Dad, are you telling me to give every single dollar that I have? No, I'm not telling you to let go of every single dollar you have. I'm telling you to submit, it, submit your money to God. I'm telling you to give above and beyond. Because when you give, son, <laughs> Proverbs 21.20 says that a wise, the wise have wealth and luxury, but fools spend whatever they get. I lived like a fool for a really long time. But it says the wise have wealth and luxury. Did you know the Bible talks about wealth and luxury? <laughs> that you can have it if you're wise. In Proverbs eleven twenty five, 25, it says a generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. When you refresh others, what happened today? God said, hey, by the way, I'm going to refresh you. I'm going to refresh you. I'm going to refresh you when you refresh others. Proverbs 13.22 says, The good people leave an inheritance to their grandchildren, but the sinner's wealth passes to the godly. Proverbs 28.20 says, A faithful man will abound in blessing. Today, when I'm teaching my son about money, is that the most important thing he could ever do with it is to put God first and care less about himself and more about what God's plan is for those resources. You know, friends, when we talk about prayer, we practice prayer. When we talk about worship, we practice worship. When we talk about salvation, we practice letting people respond and get saved. When we, when we talk about healing, we lay hands on the sick and we, we practice healing ministry. You know, when we talk about the prophetic ministry, we practice it. There's not a better thing that we could ever do when talking about a subject than practice it. You want to know why? Because God calls us to be active. The Great Commission, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Go, activity. You know, science tells me that when I passively listen to something, only 10% of it sticks. When I take notes on something, 40% of it sticks. But when I actively engage in the teaching, 85 to 95% of it sticks with me. And my life changed when I actively began to practice generosity. Prior to 2018, the most money my wife and I had ever let go out of our house in a calendar year was $5,800. And some of you think that's the wildest number in the whole. How in the world did you ever do $5,800 in one year? Well, because we made $57,000. So 10% of it, we just rounded up. Some of you in this room, you go, how could I give six grand? Well, you make 60, so how haven't you already tied six? You hearing me? My generosity above my tithe was about a hundred bucks then. But in the last 21 months, God has so challenged me to be generous in our household, and He's been so faithful that we have collectively, and I just say this because I've got to be honest with you. It's not to pat myself on the shoulder. I'm working this thing, baby. 
In the first service, I gave somebody, uh, Lord said, give somebody money. And I walked down and I gave them $80. And I'm telling you, the whole time I did it, I was fighting God. So I was being selfish. But in the last 21 months, we have sown nearly $50,000 in the last 21 months. Because generosity comes number one in our household. I don't have a second car. I haven't moved out of my house that I want to move out of. I haven't done a lot of things. I haven't been on lavish vacations. Hear me. I'm saying no to a lot of things today so that I can exercise generosity because I know God will abundantly bless me. And in his time and in his season, when I'm out of debt and I've done well with my money, he'll give me an opportunity to vacation. He'll give me an opportunity to have a new car. He'll give me the opportunity to get a new pair of dress shoes, right? Not because those things have me, but because I need those things in that time. So today we're going to practice generosity. Every person under the sound of my voice. You don't have to give. I'm not forcing you. But I'm telling you, if you want things to change, you have to change. And in order for you to change, you have to take action. So every person under the sound of my voice, I want you to begin to prep your gift, your seed. Today we are going to collectively sow into this word. We're going to collectively be a part of what's happening. Some of you, it'll be the first time you've ever done this. You've never done it before. But you live like me. It's chaos. And the only way to get out of it is to practice it God's way. Some of you in this room, you will give $2. It's the most that you have, but you'll give it. Can I speak to my business owners in this room? My higher net worth people in this room? My retirees in this room? Can I speak to you? Can I speak to you? I want to speak to you too. It's something about the people that were sitting in that chair. That's the hot seat. All I can tell you is this. Friend, it's time. It's time. Yeah, but I, but I am generous. It's time to go to a new level. It's time to, it's time to be outrageous in your generosity. Buddy, I don't have a number, but you know what it is. The Bible says, determine in your heart what you'll give. At the beginning of every year now, we set a giving goal. The first year I started this generosity journey, my giving goal was $12,500, which stretched me more than I could ever imagine. And we did it. We put generosity first. Last year, we set a goal, $30,000. By the skin of our teeth and the grace of God, we did it. (laughs) But you know what? It mattered more than anything else. This year, we set a giving goal, $50,000. I have no idea how we're going to give $50,000 this year. But I know that God has put it in our heart, and he's given us the plan, and so that we're going to do it. And mind you, quick quick for you, I don't have a six-figure income. Oh, that's easy, Jamie. You make hundreds of thousands of dollars. No, I don't. No, I don't. I just put generosity first. And God is dealing with so many people in this room. My higher net worth people in this room, my retirees that have done well with their money, congratulations. God bless you. I'm proud of you. Today, you need to make a commitment to not give like a single mother, but to give according to the wealth that you have. Do not give $20, $100, or $1,000 and pass it off as you just did something great because we have single fathers and single mothers in this room that will commit to give generously and they'll sow their last five, they'll sow their last 10. But yet you're sitting 
on hundreds of thousands, some of you north of a million dollars. Today, you need to make a commitment and say, you know what? I'm going to sow the first hundred thousand that I've ever given. You know what? God is so gracious to me that I'm going to write a $10,000 check. Some of you need to go to your broker and get the money moved. I'm speaking to high net worth. I know there's only a few, a couple in here, okay? It's higher net worth, but I got to talk to you. I got to talk to you. You need to make a commitment to make generosity first. Every person in this room, I want you to stand to your feet. Pastor, I want you to join me up here. Stand to your feet. When I say three, I want every person, every person, whether you are going to take a step of faith today and make a gift or, or you're not. Every person. When I say three, I want you to move to this front. Here's how we give. This is how we give. We can give cash. That's simple. But don't, don't just pull out the 10 bucks that are in your pocket and say, I'm being generous. When you have the ability to be able to do a little more. Maybe you can do 20, but you only have 10 with you. But you have your debit card or you have your checkbook. I want you to put up the slide up there. You can go online and you can give. And when you go online, you're going to go to the men's event, correct? The men's event. The only reason you're putting in the men's event category is so they know that it was above and beyond. That's it. It's not going to the men. <laughs> it's just going so they know that it can be labeled the right way, that they can put it in the generosity. We just don't have that tab, so they're going to label it the right way. You can give text to give. You can give by check, central assembly, however you want. Hear me, friends. It's not about the money. It's about the heart. And you're going to get out of debt. You're going to thrive. And you're going to be a blessing to your community. And today's a good day to start wherever you're at, whatever level, whether it be a few dollars, a few hundred, a few thousand, everywhere in between. It's not about the amount. It's about the sacrifice. Some of you, it's a massive sacrifice at $3. For others of you, the sacrifice starts at $3,000. Because you're able to do, without any problem, a hundred. hundred's nothing for you. So when I count to three, I want every person... With your cash, with your check, with your envelope, with your phone, if you're giving online, or even if you're not giving, it's okay. I want you to come to the front. Here we go. One, two, three. Come on, move to the front. Every person in this room, move to the front. I want to pray over every single person. Pray. Every, every person, come on. If I was you, I would be running to the altar to get in this multiplication anointing. I'd be running. If you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, get down here. If you, don't, if you don't want to struggle anymore, get down here. You don't have to come down here to give. I want you to come down here because I want to pray over you. Make that very clear. Oh, I'm not going to go down because I'm not going to give anything. So what? Get here. Let me pray with you. If you're married, be with your spouse, please. Thank you, Pastor. <laughs> thank you. If some people weren't. Yeah, thank you. I'm just the evangelist. I'm all over the place. I don't remember things. Hurry, 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 hurry. We got to practice here because eventually you're going to have a third service and we're going to have to get out of here quicker and you're going to have to just cut the evangelist microphone off, okay? <laughs> no more talking. Come on, come down here. Get ready. Here we go. I want you to hold the seed or I want you to close your fist, whatever it is. So if you've got cash, if you've got check, or if you've got your device, everybody's got a hand. I want you to hold it up before the Lord. And I want you to declare this with me. Say, Jesus, 
I give you my heart. I give you my treasure. I give you my life. I give you all of me. I'm committing today to put you first. Not just today, but forever. Jesus, help me to be generous till the day I die. God, I'm crossing the line and I will finish at the end of my life. Lord, I love you and I'm showing you today by giving you my treasure. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. God, I pray over every person in this room as they give their gift, whatever it may be, whatever the number is, God, I pray that you would supernaturally multiply it in Jesus' name, that you would return it to their house tenfold, thirtyfold, hundredfold, God, to meet every single one of their needs, that they may be able to be a blessing to their family and to all of them that is around them, God, that they would not hold back but they would honor you in their finances in Jesus' name. If you're with your spouse today, I'm so glad Pastor said this. If you're with your spouse today, I want you to turn in just a minute, and we're going to give this gift in the next 90 seconds. I want you to turn to your spouse, and I want you to ask them this question when I say it. Are you sure? Are you sure? Number one, ask them, are you sure? Is this what we're supposed to do? And then number two, and I'm going to tell you why. I want you to ask this. Are we supposed to give more? Dude, you already know. I'm just confirming something in you. You two made a decision together. It's more. I don't know the number. I don't even know what you're committing to give. It's more. How do I know? Because on December the 15th, I sat in a service at my home church just like this. And my wife looks at me and she goes, hey, by the way, there's a generosity offering that's coming. And I got mad in my heart. I got mad. Because I'm like, God, I've already given so much. Why would I, why, I can't give more. Because we always say we can't when God has provided, right? But I said, we can't. She goes, no, 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 we have to. So I look back at her and I just, I just set a number because I knew what was in our bank account. And I go, I go, how about, how about we give 500? And she said, okay. She said, that sounds good to me. We'll give 500. I've walked a journey, friends. I've walked a journey. And I'm sitting there and God says, do the math. Do the math on what I'm, on, on what you're giving. And I realized that I was short of our generosity goal for the year. Skin of my teeth. I was short. And the Lord, and I said to the Lord, I said, if you provide, I will give. And Jesus said, the Holy Spirit said, is that how this works? That I give you first and I've already provided for you. Now you have, you need to sow and then reap, sow and then reap. And I did the math, and this is what I realized. At that moment, we were $5,000 short of our generosity goal. And I, and I had the 5000 on my thing, and my wife looked at me, and she said, what are you doing? And I said, and she goes, I already know what you're doing. And I just said this. I said, should we? And she begins to weep. And she said, we have to. We don't have a choice. We have to. And that night, we sowed the largest gift we'd ever sowed in a one-time, $5,000 right then. Can I tell you that I haven't missed a meal? Just look at me. Huh. I've done the mission work. I've traveled around. God has provided for every single one of our needs. And I made a commitment to the Lord that this year, and I don't know when it is, but this year we would give a gift, a one-time gift of 10000 
important. You know, in my heart, once we give the 10, eventually we'll give 20. Because I've got a goal before I die that we would give a one-time gift of a million dollars. Because I want to see the kingdom of God go forward. So right now, go ahead, ask your spouse, are you sure we're supposed to give this? Go ahead and then say, should we give more? Should we give more? Ask him, should we give more? Huh. Sometimes your wife is the miniature Holy Spirit. All right, Jesus, as they determine in their heart what they're going to give, I want you to bless them, multiply them in Jesus' mighty name. Okay, if you have physical to give, if you didn't give online, I want you to make your way, and I want you to go ahead and sow your seed and then move back to your seat. Go ahead. If you're going to give today, I want you to go ahead and sow your seed and head back to your seat. Sow your seed and head back to your seat. Sow your seed and head back to your seat. You can do it online. You can do it right here. Sow your seed and then head back to your seat. Sow your seed. Head back to your seat. Sow your seat and head back to your seat. Ma'am, hear me. The Lord would say what you face in the love shirt, yeah. That what you've walked through and what you've been through does not define the future and the destiny of your life or your family's life. That the suffering that you've walked through is not meant to go on until the day you die. That today you started a journey that was so difficult that you fought the whole time. God, I can't. God, I can't. God, I want to. Because you really want to in the depths of your soul. More than anybody else in this room, you want to. You hear me talk about some of these numbers and you go, yeah. Yeah, I want to give 10000 I want to give 100000 But God, I don't even know if I give 50 cents. It's rough. I want to tell you that your generosity journey that you started today has broken something in the spirit. It's broken something over your life and your family's life. And as you continue to walk in this thing, things are going to be continue to change. There's going to be a place where you're going to take out a $20 bill and not even think about it. Bang. You're going to take out a 50 and not think about it. There you go. You're going to take out a 100 and you're going to go, there you go. Not because of the dollar amount. Because God is rich richly blessing you and you're able to because your heart is in the right place today was your day it was everybody's but it was specifically yours and you started something so special your future so much brighter than your past pastor thank you did I miss anything I hope you've enjoyed today's message and that it has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening in. If you have met Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, would you please connect with us either at our website, www.centralfamily.net, or perhaps give us a call at 610-865-0577. We'd love to hear from you. Also, if this has been that kind of a blessing to you, would you consider blessing us with a financial gift to make it possible for us to continue to do what we're doing here and taking the gospel not only to the Lehigh Valley but around the world. We want to do our part in reaching the people that God has entrusted to us with the gospel of Jesus Christ. You can help us with your financial gift or sowing a seed to this ministry. God bless you. Have an amazing day. Remember, you can reach us and give through www.centralfamily.net.